Cutting through an overload of information to get to the heart of the story. This is The Point. Welcome to The Point, an opinion show coming to you from Beijing. I'm Li Xin. About 40 heads of state and government, as well as politicians and security experts from almost 100 countries and regions, attended the three-day annual Munich Security Conference in Germany. Uh, China's top diplomat Wang Yi, who is director of the Office of the Foreign Affairs Commission of the Communist Party of China Central Committee, attended the conference in person. He laid out China's basic principles on security issues, especially on how to achieve lasting security in Europe. Regarding Regarding the Ukraine crisis, he said China has, quote-unquote, neither stood by idly nor thrown fuel on the fire, and that everything China has been doing is to facilitate peace talks. As the crisis is about to enter its second year, what efforts does China see urgently needed on all sides to stop the conflict? Can the U.S. help build lasting peace and stability in Europe and beyond? And also, top diplomats from China and the U.S. had an informal contact on the margins of the conference, the first face-to-face -face after ties were further disrupted by the U.S. shooting down a weather-monitoring airship of China. What was discussed? Will the meeting prevent bilateral ties from getting worse, to a small extent at least? Welcome to this special edition of The Point, focusing on the Munich Security Conference. I'm pleased to be joined from Munich, Germany, by Wang Huiyao, President of the Center for China and Globalization. From Rome, Italy, by Francesco Sishi, Senior Fellow at Ruming University of China. And from Beijing, by Huo Zhengxing, Professor at the China University of Political Science and Law. Gentlemen, Welcome to The Point, and especially to my guests in Europe who are joining me in this inconvenient hour. So, uh, Wang, Professor Wang, let me go to you first. Uh, Wang Yi, who is also a member of the political bureau of the CPC Central Committee, said China will publish the document on China's stance on how to find a political settlement to the Ukraine crisis. Um, he also explained that the document will reiterate China's important propositions, which stress that sovereignty and territorial integrity of all countries should be respected and that the purposes and principles of the UN Charter should be upheld. Uh, help us understand how important and timely is China's message uh, to be that has been aired at the conference this time and how well has, has these uh, uh, messages gone down with the audiences there? Thank you, Liu Xin. Uh, I think the, uh, the meeting at uh, Munich Security Conference is, uh, is highly watched, uh, you know, uh, hundreds of senior uh, government, you know, heads of state, ministers, uh, and uh, and uh, think tanks community all came here. Uh, I think State uh, Councilor Wang Yi, you know, the Director Wang Yi of the Central Foreign uh, Affairs Office, has made a speech at the uh, Munich Security Conference on site and with with a very highly watched uh, event. So uh, during that uh, speech. Uh, 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 Director Wang actually mentioned about this. Uh, China is going to make a peace uh, proposal for the Ukraine crisis, and that was really uh, a big uh, uh, news. Actually, I, I noticed that a lot, lot of people really uh, highly, uh, uh, you know, talked about this. Uh, from the audience, from the participant of the conference, I, I, I was actually asking many times, uh, what, 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 what is China uh, going to propose? They really, really care about that, and interesting to know about that. I think the reason for that is also that the Ukraine has been a, a, a big theme, actually, a huge thing now at the Munich Security Conference. There's, uh, there's even uh, Ukraine delegates uh, from 
uh, non-government sector was there, uh, there, there was a big, big debate about uh, the future, how they can uh, solve the crisis. And then it looks like that, that has really driven uh, uh, more you know, the U.S. and the, uh, Europe together. So so now uh, what China can, can do and what really is the uh, outcome? And then even the chairman uh, uh, of the Munich Security Conference said at the end of the conference, and he looks... Maybe when next year, when they have the Munich Security Conference, we hope that the Ukraine crisis is over. So, so this time, the China peace plan is really important, and that is highly watched and discussed here in Munich. Right. Well, uh, while talking about the conflict, of course, the, um, the stalemate of the situation, especially in terms of uh, peace negotiation between Russia and Ukraine and the West, some people in the West accuse China of not doing the right thing, not doing more literally to stop Russia from um, either launching the attacks, uh, the invasion in their eyes, or doing more to, to make Russia stop and uh, so that peace talks can, can start. But China's logic is if the West continues to provide weapon to the uh, to Ukraine that's going to make more ordinary people suffer the Ukraine will be fodder and uh, peace talks will not be able to, to to be achieved and their goal is to ultimately weaken Russia which uh, actually this has been hailed by the United States as part of what the West has achieved collectively so Mr. Sishi how do you look at these two logics while China says stop you know putting fuel on the fire where the West says we are going to put more weaponry we are going to provide more ammunition which one do you see is is key to the to solving the stalemate well if there are two logics uh, at odds with one another, this is already a problem. The, the two sides should find a common ground to work together because if there are um, two ideas about how to solve the problem, it is already not easy. The other thing is that, uh, uh, of course, the, the, the war in Ukraine is extremely complicated. Um, many people in the West do not want to see the end of Russia or a terrible defeat of Russia. However, they don't want to see the defeat of uh, Ukraine either. And it is very hard to find a compromise, especially after one year of uh, fighting and um, a lack of clear results, political results, on uh, on uh, from the sides of Russia, and uh, I would say, uh, speaking of one year, there is a political isolation, a stronger, much stronger political isolation of Russia vis-à-vis -vis Europe. So all these elements uh, make uh, very difficult to find so far a political and uh, peaceful solution. Efforts must be made, but I think we have to be uh, quite realistic and know that uh, fightings will go on uh, possibly for some time at this stage. Mm. Well, uh, Professor Huo, uh, despite the roles, the historical roles, the United States, um, while leading NATO, for instance, played in 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 resulting where the situation was when the when the war broke out, U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris addressed the conference regarding to the Ukraine crisis. Let's listen to one of the things that she said about it. No nation is safe in a world where one country 
can violate the sovereignty and territorial integrity of another. Where crimes against humanity are committed with impunity, where a country with imperialist ambitions can go unchecked. All right, Professor Hua, well, she didn't mention which country that is, but uh, if you put the United States in the subject line, it seems to work perfectly, and there are a lot of applauses as well. What do you make of what the U.S. has said? I mean, is it in the position uh, to point finger at Russia at the, in this point? In my opinion, the crisis in Ukraine is really complex. Uh, you know, because the, in recent decades, the NATO expanded eastward, so it threatened the Russia's national security. This is one of the most important historic contexts of the uh, conflicts. Uh, well, I think it's right to say that the post-war international order was established by the United States. However, the recent development shows that the U.S. now it tries to destroy the order that it, used, it, it, it created uh, in the 1940s. So I should say that in, the, in terms of China, I, I think that China is the real country that hopes to end the conflicts in Ukraine because China is the real neutral third party to this conflict. As Chinese diplomats say that both Russia and Ukraine are the friendly nation of China. So I think that China is really, really, or it's, it's likely it, it expects the end of the conflict as long as possible. Well, China, yeah, well, not, not only China, at the conference, actually, Western leaders admit themselves that they don't have the trust of global South countries in what they're doing in Ukraine in terms of their support to Ukraine. For instance, French President uh, Manuel uh, Macron said the West should have done more to convince the South that its strong support for Ukraine was not born out of double standards. German Chancellor said it's not enough to invoke common values in order to be credible and persuasive to the global South. Um, Professor Wang, why is that so? Is there a little bit of uh, uh, so searching by Western leaders why the global South is not on board with the West's um, uncond almost unconditional support in, in, in means of supporting ammunition to Ukraine. I, I think that, uh, you know, actually uh, uh, during the conference, actually also last time the French president said that the Paris Peace Forum, I was there, you know, the, the West, the double standards, and also how do we, uh, you know, conduct, uh, for example, sanctions? I mean, that is not favored by most uh, uh, developing global south as well, even including countries like India, South Africa, and and, and Brazil, and many countries like that. And so, so I think, you know, that it, 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 while uh, Ukraine and, and, and Russia were broke out, I mean, all, all the West attention now is on that. For example, we had a huge earthquake disaster in Turkey, and, you know, over 40,000 people there. But we haven't seen coverage a lot on the on, on, on the Western media, for example, or maybe a, so the, that that is something that a lot, a lot of countries, there's a lot of crisis in developing countries in the global south, and that's very very all the things happen. So we we, we of course uh, it's very uh, tragic that we have this uh, uh, Russian Ukraine war going on, but uh, but it's also we whereas large uh, many many countries have also have their own crisis too. So so I think that's where they are calling for more attention. I noticed that uh, China, China top diplomat uh, Wang Yi has also met Ukraine foreign minister here right. uh, in Munich. So, so that is really uh, also interesting uh, yeah. to see that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Well, um, Professor Sishi, uh, Wang Yi said China's rise is to be celebrated because for one-fifth of humanity to have peace, stability and prosperity, that is a good thing for the world. But do you think those who have fears about China's rise will listen to this? Do you think his message has gone down well? Well, I think, uh, uh, first of all, I think this is right. Uh, of course, uh, peace and stability for one-fifth of the world is a huge contribution to the whole world peace. But um, unfortunately, I think uh, um, since a few years, uh, there has been uh, a growing mistrust between uh, the West and, and China. Mm. And it's very complicated. The reasons of this mistrust are extremely complicated. And um, they should be addressed. Uh, there should be something done about that. Um, unfortunately, uh, the balloon and uh, the war in Ukraine are not helping. Mm. Uh, I think uh, Mr. Wang Yi is doing a, a great effort, is pushing forward. Um, but I'm afraid looking at things from this side, uh, a lot more needs to be done. Mm, I fully understand that. Uh, I just want to have one last question, question really for um, Mr. Wang Huiya, because you are in Munich. Um, what about the protests? I mean, here we read about people in Cologne, for instance, in the carnival, where they strongly protest that the, the, the German foreign minister is copying the talking points from Washington. What is, why is, that, is there such discontent with the German political establishment or the European political establishment? in what they're doing uh, and, and the, the, the consequences, the negative consequences being felt by the general public. Yeah, I think there's, a, there's still a, a big uh, desire in, in Europe, uh, particularly countries like France and Germany, you know, to be more uh, auto, uh, you know, uh, independency or uh, strategic autonomy that. Mm -hmm. but, but, but unfortunately, we see this Ukraine-Russian war has really driven uh, the, the, the EU and, uh, and, uh, and also uh, US together. This uh, NATO is getting tighter. So, so that's where I think the, the German now, uh, particularly this conference, they are, they are showing more uh, uh, you know, closeness. So, so that probably we have to you know, get the, the, the some independence of the European policy. So this is really, I think a lot of people are wondering, you know, even if we have a Ukraine war, can we become also making our own decisions, have our own defense, or maybe can we really totally rely on on U.S. or can we do something on our own? That, that is uh, also a lot of uh, people feel like that. All right. We're going to take a short break. And uh, when we continue, we'll talk about uh, the uh, informal contact between China and the United States between our top diplomats right after the break. Making room for all opinions and seeing events from more than one side. This is The Point. After a planned trip to China was disrupted over what the U.S. calls a Chinese spy balloon incident, U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken requested a meeting with China on the margins of the Munich Security Conference. China acquiesced and Wang Yi, China's top diplomat, had an informal contact with the U.S. side on Saturday. According to the Chinese readout, Wang Yi laid out China's strong position on the so-called balloon incident and pointed out that what the U.S. side did was apparently an 
and abuse in the use of power and a violation of customary international practice and the International Civil Aviation Covenant. China urged the U.S. to change course, acknowledge and repair the damage that uh, its excessive use of force caused to China-U.S. relations. Why did the incident trigger such a diplomatic storm between the two countries and will the air cool down at least to a small extent? I'm still pleased to be joined from Munich, Germany by Wang Huiyao, president of CCG, a think tank, and from Beijing by Professor Huo Zhengxing at the China University of Political Science and Law, and also from Maryland, the U.S. by Surab Gupta, senior Asia-Pacific International Relations Policy Specialist of the Institute for China-America Studies. So welcome to all of you. Um, Gupta, um, let me get your uh, take on what do you think is the purpose of the U.S. requesting the contact? Did they request to lodge strong protest uh, against China? And why do you think China accepted it? I think, the, I think the U.S. wanted to express its position clearly at the highest level, at the, at the, at the Secretary of State level, and it was important to do so. But for me, what comes out of the meeting, particularly the strong undercurrent, is that the U.S. would like to, like to keep the, put this issue behind and actually move forward in restarting and restoring the working groups uh, that President Xi and President Biden had talked about in, at Bali. And so this was, yes, about laying down a marker that the U.S. wanted to, but also moving forward. And I think the Chinese, from their end, too, saw it in that light, and therefore they expressed their strong position mm. on the balloon incident, but used that more as a departure point for a new beginning, or at least in trying to restore the relationship right. back on something uh, which can be more stabilizing. Mm -hmm. and, and we'll have to see, but I think that was the purpose of the meeting, frankly. Mm. Um, Professor Huo, according to the Chinese readout after the contact, China says if the USI continues to fuss over, dramatize and escalate the unintended and isolated incident, it should not expect China, the Chinese side to flinch. What do you make of these, uh, these words? It's not the usual diplomatic uh, language. Um, how do you see China trying to strike a balance between not, you know, playing along so that things get worse, but it also does not, wants to make it clear that it won't be pushed around. I think that the blue instance itself is not a big matter. The problem is that the, the United States this time is overactive. And so the instance suggests that, on the one hand, that the dis distrust of China is popular among the American public and how the American politicians are hostile to China. They regard China as the major uh, threat to the U.S. And I, what I worry is that, uh, is that this, the, U, U, the U.S. Uh, politicians may utilize this instance to, you know, to deepen the dis, distrust of China among the American public. And so this will undermine the U.S.-China relationship, both between the government mm. and the Chinese uh, and, and, and the people. And I think the Chinese government this time reiterate its position that China will have, they, they reserved the rights to take, uh, you know, the, the, the corresponding measures, which is uh, in, uh, in conformable with the international law and international relationship. Mm. So Chinese position is clear that on the one hand, the China want that both right. sides may you know, treat relationship in a responsible way. Right. Well, um, 
On the other hand, uh, we do see that China is being very firm, very clear about its message. For instance, um, Wang Yi is not shy, was not shy about criticizing the U.S. in the open. He told the conference about the U.S. using 100% protectionism and unilateralism to benefit itself at the expense of others. He used uh, the CHIPS Act as an example. Let's hear this, this episode. There is a saying in ancient China, a virtuous man may love money, but he earns it in an honorable way. A crook, however, uses any means possible. Today's U.S. has torn off all pretense. It even foregoes schemings and robs in the open. So, Professor Wang, um, were you present on that uh, on that occasion? I guess you were. What were your impression hearing that? I mean, these are pretty strong words, basically, uh, China accusing the United States of robbing. And how did it go down with the audience? Is it a bit hard to digest for those? Well, I think the atmosphere certainly is uh, is quite uh, serious there. Uh, I think. Director Wang Yi's uh, speech was highly expected, but, uh, and, and you know, but then uh, what are the content that people are really here on spot? So the the the, the audience, the, the auditorium is full. I I, I was there, mm -hmm. and uh, I I think that uh, he made that uh, speech is also uh, because of recent. I think there's a, a host of uh, measures taken by the U.S. government, including the Department of Commerce, on sanction China and Chips Act. You know, there's over a thousand Chinese companies. On the sanction list uh, uh, on the U.S. side, so this is really an equivalent, and also that, that's also I think among uh, some audience. I mean, there's a, a heard a lot of openly said maybe U.S. should be more uh, 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 you know, generous a little bit. You know, you, because uh, European US companies, have, European companies are also suffering as part of the consequences of the, such acts. Professor Absolutely, I think that, that that's a big complaint uh, from from many uh, companies I I I, 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 I talk to, and also of course I. I have I have seen I've heard also other uh, politicians and and think tank people that really complain about that, be saying that that is no good, that is decoupling, that is not affecting China but the U.S. and Europe as well. So it's not good for the world. So mm. so this is really uh, very very interesting, highly highly watched uh, on 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 the scene actually. So so it's very important that. Uh, uh, Director Wang Yi has made that important speech. But however, I think the the meeting between uh, Wang Yi and Blinken is, is very significant, actually. Mm -hmm. So this is a crucial moment. So to to uh, to carry on and to leave things behind and uh, to leave things behind. So that that is, uh, I think the meeting is quite timely, even though we have all clarified each positions, uh, made a strong point. But I think, we, you know, the good thing is that we symbolize a new beginning and we should really look forward. Yeah. Well, I hopefully I hope that's certainly the case. But uh, the media, for instance, especially the media in the United States, if you watch uh, what they talk, the, the kind of messages they're sending out, Mr. Gupta, is appalling because they literally pronounce China guilty before China is proving innocent. And right now, days after the incident, after they've been calling Chinese spy balloons, the CNN says the U.S. intelligence officials say they are still looking into the matter. They cannot characterize it as spy balloons. How do you look at the kind of practice of the media sentencing China uh, in the first place and taking it as facts and spread it to the American people and people around the world? Well, I would say I think it's, it's, it's a very unfortunate phenomenon. 
Um, media is doing what it's trying to do, get more clicks, get more people reading, but I mean there, there has to be a basic responsibility also to, to tell facts and tell stories accurately and, 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 and correctly. But I think there's a larger point out here, and this point being that I think there's an understanding this is a balloon incident, and a balloon incident is just a balloon incident. Uh, but they are trying to magnify the effect of this balloon incident because there, there is a consensus among the political establishment within the Beltway that we need to compete with China and China is an adversary. But that is not a sentiment shared outside beyond the Beltway. There are air, space, there are areas where folks feel like that and there are areas where folks don't feel like that. And this was an occasion to use this incident, like say the U2 incident in 1960 or Sputnik, and try to focus on China and show China is this really bad adversary, and to make that make that communication to the mass public and shape views. And I think that is the unfortunate part of the balloon incident from a material perspective and from a intelligence or material perspective. It's it's minor. It will blow over. It will fizzle out. But from a larger political standpoint, we still have to see how it will impact U.S. views, the, the lay views about China in the United States, and it could have an impact out there, unfortunately. Professor Hu, finally, um, do you see at least some intention on the part of the Biden administration to keep this relationship still on track? Well, I think that the summit meeting between President Xi and President Biden last year in Bali suggests that the administration still hope to, you know, keep the U.S.-China relationship in a, in a, in a manageable way because mm -hmm. these are the two big economies in the world and they shoulder the responsibility to the international order. Mm -hmm. And I think without the cooperation uh, between U.S. and China, many international challenges cannot be overcome. And I think that the Biden administration also realized this situation. So I, I do hope that the U.S. sides can be capable of treating the U.S.-China relationship in a responsible way. Yeah, well, finally, finally, Professor Wang, um, coming out of the Munich Security Conference, what is the biggest takeaway you have some, for us? Um, 20 seconds, if you can. Sure. I, I think now the, 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 US, the Munich Security Conference has become a, a, a consensus and also a, a gathering of the new uh, initiatives and also there's uh, there's a lot of talking of how to how to minimize the gap between uh, Europe and, and and the U.S. But I think you know the the real situation now is that the world is changing and Ukraine war has changed a lot of things. And but uh, but I think you know we probably need to work more. I mean we should have more Chinese delegates to the uh, Munich Security Conference. I think. Okay. Uh, but also you know there's a gap now between the two. So uh, EU and U.S. So right. we will see what can be done in the future. Okay, thank you so much, Professor Wang Huiyao, and also to Surab Gupta and Huo Zhenxing. With that, we come to the end of this special edition of The Point with me, Lushin. As always, you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter using the handle Lushin in Beijing. You've got the point.